0: Unscripted Unshackled Uncouth What you're about to hear is for mature ears only It's Miguel Fuller I would show anything I'd show my hee hee and my hoo hoo oh. and my ha ha
1: Holly O'Connor. Hey, Daddy, you want to take this to the bedroom?
0: <laughs> and
2: Scotty the Body. I am officially not only the Grill Daddy, but I'm a hot Grill Daddy. Oh, wow. This is the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. Only
1: from Hot 101.5, Tampa Bay's new hip music.
0: Well, hello and welcome to Miguel and Holly on Synthsud.
1: Hi. Hey.
0: We will be getting to a special edition of this podcast where. We're going back in time to, if you remember, if you're a, oh God, what's our geriatric millennial? Oh, wow. Yeah. Is that what we're calling it? That's what you guys are. Uh, thanks. okay. Shut up.
2: i just, it's what
0: it's Shut called. And I know you guys are born like
1: I, I prefer to be uh, a zillennial. hmm Is it zillennial? No, you're a zillennial. I'm a zillennial. I'm a zennial. A zennial.
0: Mm-hmm. Geriatric, that's what we I are, refuse. apparently. No. Yeah. Um, my
1: discounts.
0: <laughs> right. Where's my
1: my as my grandmother? Every time we went to a McDonald's, which I loved, she would like, you know, like hustle up in there, short little Italian lady, and mm-hmm. she'd be like, Where's my free coffee for seniors? <laughs> my free coffee for seniors. I have my golden Buckeye card if you want it, my coffee for seniors every time
0: please believe yeah, what you deserve when i get to that age i will be asking for everything free i mean i'm all, i'm already the guy that signs up for every freaking retail email so i can get free desserts or appetizers on my oh, birthday so yeah, many emails do. though
2: i know it's yeah. really it's hard it is it's through
0: them i mean it's it's literally a a a trade off that i have to go through because 11 months out of the year, it's annoying. And then as soon as August hits, it's like, it's your birthday month. Come be- get your free cookie. <laughs> a yeah, free cookie. And I'm like, yes, girl. Because, like, some people do it when the when the month starts. Some people do it on the week of your birthday. And some people do it on your birthday. Yeah. So i mean, free all month long in August.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's a-, it's a good thing to have. I do it for, like, Victoria's Secret and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, angel points on my birthday. Like, Absolutely. You, just- you do it.
0: Um, But if you remember back in the day, Conan O'Brien, when he had his late night show, I don't remember what the bit was, but he would be like, in the year 2000. Oh,
1: my God. I did forget about that. And then
0: I don't remember. And then, like, it would be whoever guest special was on there, and then they would have a flashlight over their face and, I guess, talk about things that they thought would happen in the year 2000. Oh, wow. So anytime I hear 2000, that's what I think of. But I say all that to say we're going back to the year 2000. Uh, with Holly's journal from back in the day. Yeah. Uh, But before that, we did get a really cool uh, email from Brianna Phillips Mm. about the podcast. She said, uh, hi, Miguel. So proud to be the Platypus Posse. I just wanted to say I absolutely love the Uncensored podcast. I've been listening to you, Holly and Scott, on the radio for a long time and discovered the podcast this year Late bloomer, I know. (laughs) I love how transparent you all are with your lives and appreciate you all allowing us access into them because Mm. that's not always easy. You help open my eyes up more to understanding Black Lives Matter and appreciate your perspective on it as well as your opinions on events in general. I also love how easily you make me laugh. Side note, I think you and Abe are the cutest couple ever and look forward to hearing about your wedding. I love what an absolute badass Holly is and have total respect for her rational, open-minded way of thinking. Mm. Like you, she always makes me see things in a different view. She also should know what an amazingly wonderful mother, friend, and overall human being she is because she is because it feels like she needs that friendly reminder sometimes. I also love her Harry Potter obsession. (laughs) Hashtag Gryffindor. And last but not least, Scott. What can I say about Scott? His optimistic outlook on life brightens my entire day. He has so much energy and life to him, it's contagious. I relate to him losing his mom, having lost mine at 18. Mm. And despite that and his other struggles, he shows up with an infectious smile on his face and the most beautiful spirit I've ever seen. I love all that you guys have to say and look forward to your podcast each week. Keep up the great work and don't let the bastards get you down. All love, right. Brianna. Plant City. Hey. Holy crap. I want to put that on a wall. Right? Wow. print that
1: out. I will
0: print it out.
1: That's good. And put it in
0: the office. I love that.
1: She's right. I do need reminders. Sometimes yes. Sometimes I just feel like I'm just going and I'm like, I just say a lot of words sometimes <laughs> and I don't know if they land.
0: Well, that's the thing is, you know, when you do a, if you are a uh, a musician, a musician or a, a actor on a stage or even you know movies; those performers get accolades like yeah. as soon as it's over. You know, like when they're when you're I'm off, on, yeah. When you're done, you get applause from the audience. Yay! You know, you bow your head, or when the shows the talk show's done, the producers like, "Good job today, Oprah. Good job, <laughs> uh, Ellen." Or actually, they're like, "We don't look at Ellen in the face. We just keep walking." Oh dear. But like when we end our show, it's. I remember the first few months I was, like, when we start working together, Holly. Yeah. And I remember in Panama City, I would, like, walk down the stairs uh, because it was two stories. Yeah. And, like, especially after a day where we were, like, really funny with Kramer. And I'd walk downstairs and just see if any of the salespeople would be, like, today was really great. great great." So I would literally just, like, walk around downstairs and be, like, waiting. Anybody? Anybody? No. No, no. All right. Well, I'm going to hole punch my show schedules and walk back upstairs. Yeah. So you never feel that. And yeah. so it's nice to hear that every now and then. It's not like we need it every day. No. But it's just nice to hear that.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, hearing, uh, like, on social media, that's a really good way to get that reflected back because for a very long time, not anybody in our company, A, listened to the show, Eat. B, the people that had to listen for, like, you know what they call air-checking purposes, mm-hmm. they didn't like the show. Right. Uh, so nobody <laughs> liked what we did, and we were like, why are we here? Mm-hmm. I mean, we want to be here, but right. we're not sure why they want us here. And then also, like, and we're not really allowed to talk about how we get our ratings, mm-hmm. but that's rough a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So it's just, we're in a weird career yes. for um, understanding how we're actually— like. Um, The litmus test of Mm. what how we are doing, actually.
0: Right. It's like you have to look at all these little variables to see if we are doing okay. Yeah. Um, but we are. And so thank you very much. We appreciate it. And that's why I always encourage you to please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave us a five-star rating. It always means so much. Mm. Uh so Holly, let's go to the year (sighs) two
1: thousand.
0: Thank you. Why? Was that not good?
1: No, it was good. It just Mm -hmm. hurt my ear a little bit. 2000...
0: Now, All right. what is this that you found?
1: All right, so this is this. I was cleaning out my shorts drawer. <laughs> it was my pants drawer. It's where I keep, like, my leggings and my yoga pants and my pajama pants. And it got a little full, so I was like, let me just, what is even in here? Uh, P.S., at the same I did this, I found these white leggings today. It oh, was awesome. awesome. They're what, hey, really girl. awesome. They're a little too tight. Come Get them in them, mm. but they're like the same. This is what I don't, I don't like about Lululemon. Oh. I bought them like a year ago, definitely didn't fit them then. Oh. I'm like, I oh, lost some weight, I'm gonna try them again. So I got into them, broken nail doing it. Oh, um, but they're so tight. I'm like, why mm. are they the same size as some other Lululemon pants that I have? But they don't. In the midst of cleaning out the pants drawer, yeah, I found this journal and it only has a few entries in it. This was. I obviously wrote in this when I was feeling, I guess, slightly sentimental, oh. as 99 was going to cross into 2000. Mm. So um, well, the first page is my top 10 most awesome things ever, which mm-hmm. I think we've been over. Uh, the next page talks about the drama that I like, like the musicals. Oh. Uh, some thoughts for the day, which are really just a collection of cliche quotes that nice. I found inspirational.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the last entry is titled The Millennium. Oh. Mm.
0: Now, before you read it, let's sort of set the stage. If you are someone like Scott.
1: Okay.
2: Hi. Who
0: you were born in, what, 96?
2: 96, baby. So whoop you were four. Yeah, yes.
0: you were four. So you don't remember oh, three. where three. as a, a country, as as a world, where we were in 1999. No idea. From my perspective, it was scary because I was a freshman in high school and, uh, you know, going it from 99 to 2000. And literally for like the past like five years, all we heard about was Y2K.
1: Yeah. What and what was Y2K?
0: Well, I'm curious, Scott. Do you know anything about Y2K? I do. I I've heard some things about it. Like
2: I heard that they thought the internet would just turn off or something like that, or I don't know. Like it was just gonna be like the end of the world. Like it couldn't. That that was it. Like the numbers couldn't go to that next set. Right. And be- something bad would happen.
0: Yeah. Because so you know by that time in 1999 our computers had only been in the 1900s. And so no one had forethought to think, are the computers going to know to roll over to 2000? Or
1: are they going to go to 1900?
0: Right. and Like,
1: start over. Oh, gosh. Right.
0: And so then people were afraid that, like, power plants would shut down. I mean, anything that runs on a computer... They thought everything was going to shut down.
1: Can I tell you a really funny story oh about God, Y2K? Please. Yes. I had a very, very short-lived boyfriend <clears throat> at that time, uh, around that time, mm-hmm. where he one day, you know how you look at, if you've got a zipper on your clothing right now, look at the zipper. Because on most zippers, it says, like, YKK. Y-K-K yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah, oh. mine
0: says YKK. He
1: looked at the zippers, and he was like, Y2K. Oh. What if the zippers rise up against us? And I was like, this is what was <laughs>
0: that
1: long. He was really really into that zipper theory. Uh anyway, so so aside from that, but everybody was just so scared because they didn't know what was going to happen. And at the same time, people were also excited right because I mean, this is a one, literally a once-in-a-lifetime event. Mm-hmm. Not only are we entering a new century, we're entering a new millennium. Mm-hmm. Like, like it was very uh, trippy, and I think that's where a lot of this journal entry comes from. Right, ah. because
0: our minds were all thinking about the future and what it was going to look like. And remember, we just come from like the '80s and early '90s. Where people were like, by the year 2000, we're going to have flying cars and we're going to, you know, now we're close to all of this stuff. We have FaceTime and all that. But we didn't know what that technology was going to look like. We just like. thought it was
1: like going to be like the Jetsons.
0: Right. I mean, even when you look at like the music videos from back then, everything just felt very like bubbly and spacey. Like yeah. we were just ready to live like the Jetsons all of a sudden.
1: We were going to go to Mars, which yes. then we actually did end up going to Mars. Right. Um, but it just seemed so... Huge
0: And futuristic.
1: And that's where this comes in. Okay. And so I read this and I was like, man, I forgot what it was like to be on the cusp of that really cool time in history. So would you like me to read it?
0: Please.
1: The Millennium. I'd like to take a moment and reflect.
0: Oh. Wait, I'm sorry. And Holly, how old were you here at this point? I was 17. 17. This, a senior? I,
1: I, yeah, senior okay. year because, uh, and this must have been in like December, around December, because I was very much focused on the flip that was coming on New Year's, right? Okay. Um, so 17 years old, about to be 18, December 1999. I'd like to take a moment and reflect. Oh, this is close. With the new millennium less than 72 hours away. Oh. I think about oh. all gonna die. <laughs> I know, right. I was like I was, <laughs> obviously I was feeling something. I said I think about all the things people have accomplished, not only this 1000 years, but in this century alone. Technology has advanced so quickly. Anything and everything can be found on the internet. 10 years ago, who ever heard of the internet? Mm. Think about that. Wow. It's mind-blowing. I was born before cell phones and pagers and internet and computers in every house. Now I take all these wonderful inventions for granted. Nana, which was my grandmother, Nana was born in 1920. Who even heard of TVs or even Advil back then? (sighs) No one. Mom was born in 1948. The best medicine available was penicillin. Mm. Pictures and movies were black and white everything has evolved into such a user-friendly, updated world. One can only wonder what kinds of things will take place in the new century and millennium.
0: (laughs) Ah, tell that Holly to stay there. (laughs) Instagram's coming, girl. Twitter's coming. Facebook's coming. The TikTok is going to get you. Amazon's going to take over your bloodstream. Oh, my God. Like, this poor sweet girl. Uh, Wow. This is fascinating. Isn't it? It really is.
1: Uh, let's see. In the new century of millennium, I feel extremely privileged to be living in such a spectacular time. I'll be turning eighteen on Saturday, January first, two thousand. Which God, I was
0: so mad about that. What I was so mad that the freaking turn of the millennium was on a Friday night because of the religion I grew up in, Seventh Day Adventist. Yeah. From sundown to sun, or sorry, sunset to sun up. Friday through Saturday, that's the Sabbath. Yeah. And so you can't have any electronics on. You can't watch. So I didn't get to watch any of the celebrations on TV or anything. I was on my computer. And the only reason why I was allowed on my computer is because my grandma didn't know what was on there. And it was after she went to bed. Mm. And so otherwise, I would have just been listening to Shirley Caesar at the stroke of midnight.
1: Oh, Mom, you. Right. And I was like, <laughs> why can't it be
0: Saturday to Sunday night? I was so mad about that. Wow.
1: I'm really sorry for your loss.
0: That's all right. But I'm sure you had fun.
1: I mean, it was okay. (laughs) I didn't do much. anyway. Uh, Where am I? Okay. Um, I'll be turning 18 on Saturday, January 1st, 2000. I felt like, by the way, another side tangent, I felt like that was destiny. Mm. Like I was going to be 18 on the first day of the new millennium. I was like, my mind was blowing. (laughs) So that's where I think this came from. Yes. I go go on to say, how special is that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just beginning my life in this quickly growing age of information Mm. everyone is so excited to be part of this what I'm trying to do is remember 40 or 50 years down the road how absolutely important this event is I actually just realized myself how special we are. Everyone is so caught up in the media hype about 2000 that we forget to just step back and take a look at what's going on around us. Ooh. The U.S. economy is going well right now, and we can only hope it will continue to. <laughs> Poor sweet girl.
0: Well, just about eight years later.
1: Yeah. Um, there is no big war going on.
0: Oh, wow. Yikes. Look And at I'm that. thankful for it. Uh.
1: There's no set pattern on what's hot in music. Everybody listens to what they like. As we start the new year, we need to look forward to the future, live in the present, and glance back at the past every once in a while. This way, we can learn from our mistakes and repeat our successes. I hope for peace and prosperity. I know this whole little essay is a 10 on the cheesy meter, but it's from the heart. I look to the future with hope, and I'm excited to be living in a great era. I always want to remember the turn from 99 to 2000. How very awesome. Dang.
0: That's it. Look at that. Holly O'Connor at 8, 17. Yeah, 17. Still having, you are the same person in the way that you feel, in the way that you observe life.
1: Yeah, right?
0: It's really interesting to see how that has been your core. You've always been a curious person who can stop in a moment and soak in the gravity of the situation.
1: Always. And I say that, and I I forget this, but then, like, when you think about, like, periods of time, I didn't know that that it was going on at 17 that I was so apt to want to stop and soak in a moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it even happened a lot in college when, you know, I I couldn't figure out my friends— because when we would turn 21 and we could go to the bar and stuff, we would go. But my roommate, Jessica, would be like, guy, I have got to study. I have student teaching next week and blah, blah. And I'd be like, sure. well, yeah, but we don't have this time. Mm, we, uh, I was like, We're, you don't get to do this two years from now. Like, nope. what do you just come to the bar? Mm. And she wouldn't. And I'd be like, all right, well, I'm going Bye. And, like, there have been various times in my life when I would like to just – oh I, I still very much enjoy going outside by myself at night and just looking at the stars mm. because I feel like that helps you take stock of what's going on in the present moment. Yeah. Right. It's very, very difficult. And I don't know. For me, possibly, I can't do it. To do that, go out at night, sit, look at the stars – and start worrying about the future. Mm. I haven't found a way to do that yet. So it's another grounding way for me to always be present. And I really, I'm, I pride myself on being present because it's so important. Right. But what's interesting, and Miguel, you make a good point, is that core hasn't changed, and I feel really glad about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a TikTok the other day that kind of really hit me sideways, and I, my mind has still been a little blown about this because the girl on TikTok was like, You know, when I was younger, I always felt like I was special. And I would walk around and wonder why the people around me didn't realize how special I was. Mm. And it sounds conceited a little bit when you look at it from a certain perspective. But I felt the same way. Like, I was like, I, like, I I just felt like it. I was like, I'm graduating in 2000. My birthday is on the first day of that millennium. Like, I was born for this moment. I'm, I'm going to be a star. Mm. And guess what I did? I, I wanted to be famous because in my mind, what is being a star? Being a star is being famous. Right now, mm-hmm. we're taking this away from the millennium a little bit and just on my journey. But um, so I was like, "Well, I'm to be a superstar. That's that's what I'm going to be mm. because I'm meant for more. I'm meant for more than this." Right. And so the only way in that 18 year old, 19 year old brain, I could conceptualize being a bit of a star was to be, like I said, famous because who are stars? They're singers and actors and celebrities. And so I was like, "Well, that's my calling." Mm. That's part of what got me into radio. Right? Mm-hmm. Cuz I want to be a star. And so when this I saw this TikTok video, I'm like, "This girl speaking to me. What is she doing?" And then she was like, "I had it wrong. I had it wrong. I am special." But it, it's not. And then she didn't mention this part. This part clicked for me. She's like, "I am special." But it's because I'm meant to be here in this moment realizing all this stuff now because we're in a very certain place in time. I'm meant to shed light for others. Ah, I'm ah. meant to be a light in the darkness for others. And she didn't say it, but what I've gathered from that is that's the star that I am. Mm. I, had this, I had to watch it twice, mm. and I had to put it down, and I had to walk around for a minute. I was like, I, I didn't know, but I had it wrong. Right. I'm not meant to be a star. I am a star in that I'm meant to bring light into the darkness so others can find their way. Absolutely. And this sort of really hits home to, like, the fact that even at 17, I was like, hello, like, someone pay attention. Like, what this moment is special. Mm. And I do that still to this day with various things. Like I mean, it, it could be something stupid. We had the Super Bowl in Tampa, and then we won it. And I'm sitting here like, do you all realize how special this moment <laughs> is? Like,
0: it's true. So, there are a lot of clips of you saying that that day too,
1: right? I think there are, um, and I just feel like I, it, I don't even have the words. It's just, it's cool.
0: Everybody has a different purpose, and we are when we are younger. The only examples we have of being special are, you know, you have superpowers or, you know, you are a, a, a superhero.
1: Right. Or you're a you're,
0: witch. Right. Or you're famous, or, you're famous. You know, or something like that. Yes. But like you said, I've come to realize that, you know, recently when I'm thinking about what my purpose is. And we've been talking a lot about that over the past few months on the podcast. And I think that one of the things for me that I've realized that, yes, like you, Holly, I wanted to be, Um, I just pulled up, like, my old blog from back in the day. And, like, I remember when I first created it, it had, like, my 5- and 10-year plan, my 20-year plan. And I wanted to own all this stuff, radio stations and TV stations and magazines, because I wanted to show people that a gay black man could do it. Mm. And then as I've gotten older, I realized that, you know, I'm probably not the best business person when it is is out there. But my story can help other people, and that's why I've always been – So expressive and wanting to talk about my life and what happens to me, and why my first blog entry was from 2002. You know, why for so long in my life I was like, I have a story to tell at that time, I don't know what it is, but I need to document my experiences in hopes that whatever happens to me in the future, it can help other people.
1: Mm. And it's cool that you knew that because I didn't know that that was, I didn't understand. Mm. I I didn't know. Right. Um, I didn't have the innate knowing that you seem to have where you're like, this is bigger than me. I, I felt bigger than my place in life, but I didn't understand what to do with it. So that's why I was like, well, I'm going to be famous Mm. because that's the only, like you said, like to me, that was the only example of like, what do I do with this feeling? Right. And you know, our parents were like, go to college right. and like you know do your thing and that's what you do and so i was like okay i'm, I'm going to do that and i guess i just pick a career where i'm famous right huh. like that it was it was not the right sense it was like tr- i was trying but it, you had a better sense of let me start actually documenting this cuz here's what i'm meant to do
0: Absolutely. And I don't know what, what led me. To, I just liked writing about my experiences and, and going through. And I've always said one day I want to sort of put all of these blog posts into, like, a, a compilation into a book. That'd be mm. great. Um, and, like, I, I've, I've actually been afraid to go through, like, the high school years because I'm like, there is some angsty shit up in this that yeah. I'm like. Well, who was it? Girl. I mean, this, this
1: was a little dramatic, my reading that I just did.
0: <laughs> no, but it was very much on point, though. Scott, do you identify with any of this? Yeah, well, I was
1: just thinking, I was like, I have such
2: big dreams now to become, not famous, and I'm going to get to that, how it's kind of adjusted recently, but I didn't really start thinking I would be, like, obviously growing up, I thought I would go into the NFL, and then I stopped growing, and I was like, well, that's not going to (laughs) happen. So, like, from probably, like, middle of, like, high school all the way up until my junior year of college, like, I had no thoughts that I was going to be this, like, huge figure for, you know, just people or the country, and then it all, like, that vision didn't really come until I jumped on the mic, and I was like, wait a second, like, this is the calling, and I think what I'm realizing now is, it's starting not to be so much of, in front of huge amounts of people, but just making sure, like, my main message is getting out there, Mm. whatever that is, because that's what actually drew me to this in the beginning, is like, I wanted to connect with people, I wanted other people to feel connected, and so let me go do it on the radio. And it helped and it worked and I would do it on stages and it helped and it worked and it helped people feel more comfortable. And I'm realizing that now as I'm going through life and I'm starting to picture just like, what do I really want this thing to look like? Do I want to be at the very top but not getting to experience all the life I possibly can? Or could I do it at a different level or a different way where I get to still live life, have all those experiences, but connect to people in different ways? And so that's the transition I'm going through now because it was never... I'm going to be a star, Mm. but I do have that feeling where it's like, I know I'm made for something bigger, whatever that may be. I don't know if it's supposed to be on stages for thousands or in front of thousands of people around the country, or it's another route, but it's that balance now of like, wait, I got to remember my main message was, it was just to get on and help people. I wanted to help people like me who are in very similar situations and like share my story and help you feel better about your own life and help each other. And that's kind of where I'm grounding myself now where it's like, wait, the goal actually isn't really to become, if it happens, whatever. The goal isn't that. The goal is to, you know, continue on that path of just being there for other people.
1: I find it interesting. Actually, no, it's, it makes all the sense in the world why our, our trio works so well. Because mm. we all have the same goal, mm. but we're all going about it in different ways for, for different. At the end of the day, we all want to serve. Right. We yes. all want to help people, but we, we want to help them in different ways, yeah. and we we go about it in different ways, but it's all—it's just some people may connect in a different experience of that, and that's why I think the show works so well, and it never really clicked the way it has clicked uh, before this trio.
0: Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely.
1: It just—it feels like there is—it's finally like, okay— So we have someone to speak on this. We have someone to speak in this type of way for this group of people. And we have someone who wants to help in this type of way. Like it just, we're different, but doing a similar uh, life course.
2: Yeah. It's like the same goal, but different paths. Yeah. And like we have different experiences to pull from.
0: Yeah. And I think also what it is that we want for people to know or to educate because I think there's a little bit of an educator in all of us where we want to impart knowledge and understand things differently or deeply to then relay it in a way like that was one of the things that I always uh, was complimented on when I did write for newspapers is that like I I can understand complex theories and subject matter. But because I feel like my brain sometimes is very simple, like the way I break stuff down, (laughs) it makes it easy for other people to understand. Yeah. And so that's what I would do when I would write for the newspaper is I would take these really complex things that were happening at the state government that affected college students. And then I would break them down and be like, so when they say this, it means you ain't going to get no Pell Grant. This means you're going to run out of money the second half of the semester and they're going to pay you. So this is what you need to do. And that's what I've always felt like. And for me, that was that time. And now I'm very much ingrained in learning about generational wealth and how to help black people understand it and how to do better. Like I was just listening to a podcast when I was cleaning the kitchen last night about how the tax system is set up to hurt black people, but not in a like, we want to hurt black people, but just the way that s- systemic racism has affected uh, finances for black people, it's set up to not help them like it is for white people. And like I said, it isn't saying on the tax code, we want to help white people. It's just the way that our country has been set up. Yeah. And so to me, I heard that and I'm like, well, f- Freak my life. Like, I didn't know this, and I'm learning something totally new. And literally, the first thing I did was go to Amazon to order a book from the author. So, Arthur, from the author, so I can read, digest it. And then I want to, like, come on and talk about it so I can help other people because I'm like, I want to help. I want that. that, To me, that's the best thing. It used to be I want to live in a big house. I want to be famous. I want to have a talk show. I want to be an actor. But if I can help at least one person walk away and say, you know what? I started saving money, and I was able to save so much money that I was able to buy a house. Mm -hmm. I was able to send my kids to college and pay for it and help set them up for life. And because of me doing all of this, I was then able to pass my house down to my kids. That's a generational wealth that, to me, in this moment— I'm super excited to continue to learn about and to teach other minorities on how to do that moving forward as I'm understanding more.
1: Right. You are in, you are firmly on earth fighting the good fight in ways that can help communities, big and small.
0: Yes. Absolutely.
1: Yes. I'm trying to exactly pinpoint, because I feel like Scott's brand of helping is a little more, more on the motivational side. Yes. It's on the activation side. Like, yours is the educational teaching, uh, bri- like,
0: you're tangible. on the ground.
1: You're Yes, tangible. Right. You're on the ground. You're pulling people up to be on the ground level with you so you're all on even footing. Right. Scott's is a little more in your heart mm. where it's like, People need to be sometimes have a fire lit under them, right? Yeah, I think. And Scott has always been good <laughs> at giving motivational speeches, and I mean, you want you looked into being a, a motivational speaker, and maybe that's still going to be a path for oh, you. Oh hell yeah! Oh yeah, no, it will be because that will be something. you're so good at making people realize the potential that they have. Mm. So I feel like that's sort of your brand of help, where you're like, I can keep you going. Yes. Right. like That's exactly my
2: goal is to do that, to help you find exactly what you want to do in life because I have a vision that it's just like, this thing's short, man. I've seen a lot of people go through it and just kind of go through the motions, and I just think there's so much more that you could do.
0: Yeah. Well, and I feel like for you, Scott, I remember when I first met you all those years ago when you were on the promotions team, and I remember thinking on the surface, because I said this to you, you're an onion. Yes. At that moment in time, you'd come from a very, like, especially from my upbringing yeah. a like perfect childhood you know like both parents a brother nice house uh two cars uh football team college i was like your life could not be more to could not be more perfect to set you up for success yeah but i was like there's more there and then you have suffered and gone through incredible painful losses in your life it's like that it if there is a positive to come from the negative that is setting you up to understand that sort of grief. So not only are you great at motivating people, you can empathize with their gr- with their grief to then motivate them to work through the grief. Yeah. And so there's several different intersections that you're working with, you know, in whatever you end up doing later on in life.
2: Yeah, and I mean I think that's that's the goal at the end of it is to just help, again, my experiences, and I think all of us here, and just taking that and just showing you, it's like that's that's what I want to help you with. It's just you've been through something similar to me. Mm-hmm. We could get through this together. There is something greater. It doesn't just stop now because it feels like the world has crashed upon us. Like there's another step you could take. And I hope one day to continuously help people take that step because I'm still trying to figure out how to take mine now.
0: And I think for you, Holly, you have – just stumbled upon what to call it. But it's always been there when it comes to mental health.
1: Mm.
0: I think for you, when I think back to when I met you, you know, in 2008, I remember thinking you are one of, if not the best listener I have ever met in my life. And I always thought I was the best listener.
1: You are a good listener.
0: But you by far the, and even sometimes now it's, I, I forget how good you are when we're not on the air because we're, you know, we're so busy doing the show Mm -hmm. and there'll be times where, you know, we'll be done with the show and we'll be talking. And I'm so used to being around people that like they obviously they care, but they're not great listeners. Mm -hmm. And so it's sort of like one ear in another ear out and not really in it fully. But when you commit, you commit. And so I think for you, your empathy, your empath abilities, with now, over the past couple of years, mental health, I really, really feel like if you're not, after we're done with this whole radio journey, whenever that is, if it's not being a psychologist or a therapist, it is being some sort of life coach on a, on a podcast, on a stage, on a performative way to show people that that it's okay to talk about things and to listen to other people. Yeah. And I feel like that area is where you finally found your calling and what all of these things that we just, you know, taking it back to the beginning about how you were able to soak up the moment. You can teach people how, how to do that and not just go to work, take care of kids, cook dinner, go to sleep, and then all of a sudden 20 years have passed by. Yes. You can teach people that for your mental health you've got to take everything in yeah and soak it up
1: yeah yeah I would love it It, and my one big thing is like trying to share my ability to dig deeper and truly understand someone I love peeling back the layers of the onion as you will Mm -hmm. like why do people do things right before you you know make a judgment stop and ask yourself, like, wait, why did this happen? Mm-hmm. Why did this happen? And it would make everybody a little kinder, I think. Um, but also, I just feel like there is there is more to explore, like in the upper levels of, you know, why, what does it all mean? Like, what are we doing? And I don't, when I listen, and this is the thing, I, I consider myself a good listener, but... And and this is just me, but maybe I can, like, help teach people this. I don't know. When I listen, because I have been known to be sometimes not a great listener, if there's a lot of activity around me, I can't focus. Oh, no,
0: yeah, you are a one-on-one.
1: I, I cannot. You're
0: not a group. <laughs> no. No. Uh-uh. Why do
1: you think I forget things in group situations? <laughs> because it's so much information, it's overload for me. Mm-hmm. And I basically just blank out. But if I'm one-on-one with someone and you have my attention— not only am I hearing you, I am feeling you. Mm. And that's why I understand people so well. Not only am I hearing the words that you say, I am hearing what you're not saying, I'm feeling what you're not saying or what you are, or, or the way that you may be saying it. And so I know, mm. I just know. And that helps me understand, which then I'm like, oh, well, here's what we're dealing with, which is why I find it tricky sometimes to go through my DMs. Not if it's just like a one-off like haha or whatever. I'm like, yeah, hearts, whatever. But if someone like hits me with a real long message, I'm just like,, oh, mm. <sighs> all right, it let's dive in. Minute. It takes me it takes a good chunk out of my day, right to like i I just dive in and suddenly become someone's therapist, and I'm like, oh, here's what you're doing and here's why you shouldn't be doing that or here's what well, maybe you might want to try this. And it's hard because I'm like, I want to help. And it's hard to do it if you're just doing it over text. And sometimes people want help or they think they want help in a certain way, but they're not. This is what scares me a little bit about being a therapist where it's like you see where people kind of need the help. And if they're so against figuring out the help, I don't know what to do with that. Right. And that's where I I come up into some of the biggest um, uh, roadblocks and the biggest frustrations in my life for me because I don't know, I think the universe is just testing me. <laughs> mm. Where I've been dealt a lot of people in my life that don't get it. Right. They don't get it. Mm. They don't want to get it yeah. because they cannot. It's too much. It is a lot. But in my opinion, it's better to know. Absolutely. Um, and so I, I've been dealt a hand where I am forced to deal with people that don't get it. And I'm like, but I wanna help you. <laughs> like, let me That's
0: help. That's so hard. So hard.
1: Uh, so maybe that's just my path to learn not everybody can get help. Mm. Not everybody wants it. Not everyone needs it. I can't help everybody. But for those that want and need, like, I, let's go up to the stars. I got it. I will help you. I will feel you. Let's do the journey.
0: Let's go to the year 2000.
1: Thank you, Conan.
0: Um, before we go real quick, Scott, pull up my computer real quick. I think I have found just one before. I know we got to go. Black, let's all of the Yankees and break.
2: Right.
0: Year 2000. That's right. Conan O'Brien, so weird. I love it. All right, Scott, what's your social media?
2: At Scott Tavlin,
0: S-C-O-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N. Holly. Radio Holly.
1: TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, because that Facebook-ish pissed me off.
0: Miguel Fuller, M-I-G-U-E-L-F-U-L-L-E-R on Instagram, TikTok, all the fun places. And make sure to send me an email if you want some Miguel and Holly stickers. Miguel at Hot1015TampaBay.com. Oh, and we are going to have um, Stacy on Friday, the medium. First person to email me who wants a reading on the show will get it on. Mm-hmm. Miguel at hot 1015 Bay.com. And everyone else, I'll respond and say, I'm sorry. Maybe next time. All right? Uh, make sure to leave us a rating, five-star rating. We appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Bye. Catch up, catch, up, catch, up. catch up with the previous episodes of the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast from Hot
2: 101.5.
1: Just hit up the Hot 101.5 app, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Search
2: Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Uncensored.